Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. In these last days, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness covers the people. But for those who choose to hear the words of the Father and the instructions of Jesus Christ, He will give them the power to become the nation of kings and priests they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth. decorating their houses with skeletons, and you see the little boy getting excited about getting the devil mask. You know, it only serves to bring back horrifying memories to me. Some were dressed in uh, dark brownish kind of robes with hoods over them. They took me up and they led me up to this stone altar. I saw the little girl, and she was on the altar. He took the athami, or the ritual knife, and he picked it up, and he put my hand on it, and then he forced it into her chest, and they were taking the blood and passing those cups around to different people who were partaking of her blood. Something about sacrifice, if you do it well, You want to do it all the time. You get this sort of bloodlust. I regard myself as a natural witch. I have been a witch for as long as I can remember. This is a religious holiday for them. Animals will be slain. I treated a witch to summon and serve She just laid it on the altar and just cut the baby's throat. This is something that happening every it's a, it's a bit of a red herring. It's not something we like to talk about. Kings and priests. Satanic symbols of Halloween. Halloween is ancient, pagan, and satanic. Many popular symbols that are involved in the celebration of Halloween are rooted in evil. But people are tricked in believing that they are harmless fun. These symbols used by witches, druids, and yes, satanists are rooted in evil. 
should we, as followers of Christ, have any fellowship with them? Come, join us as we expose the satanic symbols of Halloween. We'd like to welcome you to another edition of Kings and Priests as we continue the spiritual warfare against Satan and his ministers and reveal the truth about Halloween. I'm your brother Gadawan once again leading the charge with my brother Abaja. Abaja, say a few words. Well, let's get it on. We give all praises to the Heavenly Father in Christ for another opportunity to preach the gospel and let me just get to it. You know, it's, it's, it's very needful for us to come forth and to blow the trumpet of warning to our people. You know, many people are going and celebrating this day and they're saying it's, you know, one of the, the one of the really uh, reasons that really gets under my skin is that it would say, it's for the children. It's for the children. You know, it's candy and sweet. You know, the scriptures say a gift destroyeth the heart. So they destroy many minds of children by giving them candy. Children don't care what it's about. But as parents, as adults, we're supposed to train them and show them what the truth is. But that's the satanic lie and the satanic age that Satan gets more and more grasped over people by initiating them in various satanic rituals from a very young age. So it's, it's, it's no um, mystery to us when you have all these different satanic rituals and spells that they're casting and then you have the symbols which bring this spiritual, evil, wicked powers on your children and adults as well. There's, no, there's not a mystery why people get involved into adulterous relationships, why they're doing drugs, why they're trying to escape from reality. Because all these different symbols of Satan... And paganism is around them all the time. You fill your house with them. And then you wonder why do things go bumping like, what was that noise? Is it a ghost or a spirit? What's going on here? Because you're calling these things to you. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. Do you, When you were growing up, what symbols did you see of Halloween? Well, of course, you had the, uh, the standard jack-o'-lantern you know, the, the, a witch on the broom, flying on the broomstick or whatever, the cast of the friendly ghost. So, you know, just those, just those general things. And then they incorporated a black cat. Black cat, oh, it's evil. A black cat is a black cat, just like any other animal. Hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's just like anything else. You know, things that, a lot of things that uh, exist in and of, it, of itself, that they're not, Inherently evil, but they can be used for evil. But then you have some other things like a pentagram and other things. You know, you turn it upside down. Now you have something else. Mm. You know, like the 
you know, after I did a show on crystallology, mm. where, you know, you have all these different crystals in and of themselves, is just a rock or a crystal with, you know, with certain properties or certain colors, but a lot of those things can be used for evil, and that's what people have done. Absolutely. So you, you, you've mentioned a lot of, uh, a good, uh, a lot of symbols that you remember in childhood, the same thing, you know, I remember the, the witches and the black cats, and it's all the different superstitions that came when you saw a black cat and you know they have a suit, oh, you can't let the black cat cross in front of you. Mm-hmm. Something bad's going to happen. You know, all these things were put it into us, but then you would go to church on Sunday. You would go to church on Sunday, but you have all these superstitions, which we're not supposed to have as followers of the Heavenly Father, the Most High, and His Son, Jesus Christ. But I've got this this clip that I want to play. And this lady, she does a good job of going through and breaking down a lot of those simple symbols that we're talking about, the, the jack-o'-lantern, the witches, and the black cats. And a lot of people see it as harmless fun. But it's not. It's something that's more sinister than that. Because that's what Satan does. He's not going to come out straight and tell you, this is of the devil. This is this is Satanism. If you do this, you're going to lose your soul. No, what does he do? He masks it. Make it seem like it's harmless. That's what he does. He's more subtle than any creature that was in the garden. So he makes it appear like something good, holy, righteous. And, you know, even people having flipping hundred houses in their churches. And then they try to switch it on. I remember we did a, a, a show years back. We we're like, okay, we're not going to have Halloween. We're going to have Jesus Ween. <laughs> what kind of foolishness is that? But people will do anything to deal with their lust. But if you really, truly want to know the truth, then this is the show for you to listen to today. So let's listen as... These symbols are breaking down from the witch, from the jack-o'-lantern, and the black cat. What is that all going into? Is it harmless or not? Let's listen to this clip. Great human sacrifice. Bonfires. You hear the expression bonfire. Really came from the, the word bonfire. As offering, sacrificial offering, powers of darkness. On this particular night, humans would burn, would be thrown into fire, babies would be... When you look at some of the decorations that we put around their house, you have to wonder the root and the purpose. Let's look at this one first. A girl and this jack-o'-lantern with a cute little smiling face. And it all looks so innocent and cute, doesn't it? But that's not the root. Where this came from, just because you change the faces, it doesn't change where it came from and what it really represents. But it's got to be made cute to draw you and your children. The little ghosts on each side represent the evil wandering spirits. They're ghouls who are demanding to give a virgin child. And yet we hang these things up as they come from a dark path because they look cute. It is believed that many will hang up the black cat. Many times they'll hang up the black cat. And they say, now please, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't mean that black cats aren't nice. Because cats and dogs 
and animal Halloween, the eve of San Hans, a celebration. Black cats were set by practicing witches as the years passed down the celebration was kept. That they were elusive and because of their dark color, they represented evil. It was believed that the spirits could inhabit the black cats. And a lot of practicing witches, not all, wanted to have one. It was believed that the spirits could get in the black cat and communicate through this elusive black animal. It was also believed with the bone fires and the burning of human flesh on 31st, the sacrifices, that if you would want to go out to where bones were from the dead and you would sit close to them or save them or lie on graves, you could absorb power. And so skeletons became very popular. When I was a practicing witch, Halloween was the most top day for me and for many others like me to go to the graveyards and to lie on graves. Many times, even today, the graves have been broken into, people looking for bones. They've absolutely erupted. You'll find in reading your newspaper reports where graveyards have been dug up. Bones have been taken out, absolutely desecrating human remains because it was believed that the skeleton of a human had power. And so today, we decorate with skeletons, thinking that it's cute and interesting. Bats that are supposed to be dark and elusive. Everything pointing towards evil, death, all coming from the root of a celebration that literally belongs to Satan. So many people have thought about the witches as very cute, too, and, and hung up witches' pictures in their house and say, well, what's wrong with that? As a practicing witch, I was taught when you wore a pointed hat, it was referred to as the cone of power. This cone of power indicated that the wearer operated in sorcery and incantations and spells. It was believed that throughout the year, you did spells and incantations. However, on the eve of Samhain, the New Year, it was a time when the power was very strong and that if you did certain spells, it was the most powerful holy day of the year to which you. Well in advance, preparations were made. What seems to be one of the most popular things is the witch on the broom. And you see it and it looks so innocent. She's sitting on a broom with a spooky face. So what does it really mean? This is actual footage of witches who practice witchcraft on the eve of Samhain. It is the day when they literally draw the pentagram, take broomsticks, as you see in this cute little innocent picture, and ride around on the innards of the pentagram. It is considered a high sexual worship day. It is considered an increased time of use of drugs. It is also what it actually demonstrates here as you look at this is spirit travel. It is believed that witches could go from one place to another by astral projection. And so they would ride brooms. But the fact of the matter is, it is meant for evil. This is not cute, ladies and gentlemen. This is a representation whose roots are in Satanism. This is nothing that God honors or wants in your home.
Okay. Hmm. Now that was that was definitely a mouthful, and I think that definitely covered a lot of the things that you was talking about, uh, Barger, as far as the the witches and the uh, black cats and the jack o' lanterns and stuff like that. Don't you think so? Oh yeah. Now, question. Does any of that sound like uh, someone that's following Christ? Should they be following that or associating with those symbols? That is a definitive no. It's, 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 it's definitely a no. It, one of the things that um, she mentioned as being a practicing witch to gain power on Halloween or the eve of Simon Hain that they would lay on graves to receive power. So we know everything that they do in the occult and witchcraft witchcraft is a perversion of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's why they have the cross and they turn the cross upside down and then they have the peace symbol, which is a broken cross and all that. Even with the cross, even that's a satanic symbol. That doesn't have anything to do with Christ. That's a solar symbol. Most people don't know that. Most Christians don't know that. That has nothing to do with Christ. It's like we say it all the time. People call themselves Christians and they wear a cross. It's like, okay, if someone killed your family member, you're gonna take the you're gonna take a symbol of the object that your family member was killed with and you're gonna wear it around your neck. Well that's what you're doing with Christ. You know, trying to put some kind of sense in people's heads, but it's all pagan and satanic in origin. But let's go to Second Kings, the thirteenth chapter and the twenty verse. Sean, this is a perversion of the scriptures. They're laying on graves to receive power, but they're doing that through Satan. Well, let's see. Let's see what the scripture says about this. All right. He says 2 Kings 13. 2 Kings 13 and 20. All right. And Isaiah, excuse me, and Elisha died, and they buried him, and the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming end of the year. So Elisha if people don't know, Elisha was the protege of who, Abaja? Elijah. Elijah. And remember, the scriptures speak about that what Elijah was going to be the forerunner of Christ. He was going to come back and he's going to lead the way of Christ. Elijah was a powerful prophet. He was so powerful in the spirit that he didn't die. The Lord came and transitioned him from the earth into the spirit realm. He sent the angels to pick him up. That's how powerful Elijah was in the spirit. And when Elijah was leaving before he left, he asked Elisha, what do you want or what do you ask from me? And he said, let me have a double portion of the spirit that's on you, be upon me. And Elijah said, if it be the most high's will, then you receive it. Because Elijah wasn't a witch where he had power. to. His power was in the most high. So Elisha got that power. Now read 21. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. So now, was there power in the bones of Elisha? Obviously there was. But was it it satanic power? To go and cast spells, and I'm going to cast a love potion on you. Now I've got the power of Elisha. No. The man came back to life because of the spirit and the power of the Most High. 
But they take this and they pervert it. I'm going to go and lay on somebody's grave. Mm-hmm. It's a perversion. It's a perversion. Everything they're doing is a perversion of the scriptures. Because you're not supposed to seek to the dead. You're supposed to seek to who? Abaja. We're supposed to seek to the Most High in Christ. That's what we're supposed to seek to. Right. And let's get that in Mark 12, 26. I'm going to go and do a seance. Black hat, pointed hat, to do an incantation. And you'll see it. You'll see it. And the worst thing about it, these things are, are very popular in public schools. We see teachers be wearing the witch's hat. It's a joke. It's not a joke. It's very serious. It's very serious. If you have these symbols or these objects in your house, you need to get them out. You need to get them out. You have to think what calamities or things are befalling you throughout the year or throughout this time, and you don't even know why, is because you have these satanic symbols that's bringing demonic forces in your house. So read Mark twelve twenty six. Are we supposed to seek to the dead for answers on what's going on in our lives? Or are we supposed to seek to the Most High? Read. And if touching the dead, that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. Yeah, so as touching the dead, they said all oh, this time of the year is the time when the bayous are down between the living and the dead. So we're going to communicate with the dead or appease the dead. Now, in their in their symbology, that's why you, you said what? What are some of the images you see? Casper, the friendly ghost. And he's friendly, but these things are actual evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Evil spirit in, in their mythology. These things are evil spirits. They're not in heaven. They're not in hell, but they're wandering the earth because they were so damn evil. So people are, okay, what's the candy all about? Put the candy or or the food to appease the evil spirit so they'll leave you the hell alone and won't put a curse on you. So what's good about that? So people are engaging in paganistic, which is satanic rituals during this time of the year. And they don't even know it. They're getting their children involved in it. Children are going missing. Animals are going missing from human sacrifice. Now, I've got another clip I'm going to play on this human sacrifice. Because people, people don't know what Halloween is really about and where its roots and origins come, about, come from. And most people really don't give a damn. They don't, I, it's just like that. They don't give two cents a damn a hell whatever is about. They're going to have a good time. They're going to get dressed up as a ghoul, a goblin, a princess, a Jedi knight, Jedi master, Yoda, whoever, and they're going to enjoy themselves. Mm. So let's see what's going on during Halloween. What's really going on at Halloween? Let's listen to this clip.
my involvement in uh, satanic worship was I was involved in it as a child. Of course, I was a generational Satanist, what they call a generational Satanist. And what that means is that my family was involved in it and their family before them. Now, my earliest rememberings of Halloween and some of the things that were involved was it was a very dark time for me as a child. It was something that um, I didn't enjoy. Glenn, could you tell us about your involvement in any rituals at Halloween as a child? There was a, another little girl that was involved in the, uh, the occult with me, and her name was Becky. Now, Becky was another, a different type of child. She was uh, blessed to be a sacrifice. I was being blessed to be a high priest, where she was being blessed and born into the, the coven there to be a sacrifice. Now, we were in a ritual where we were married together. Um, it was a marriage to the beast. And uh, me and the little girl were married together, and there was a lot of sexual abuse that took place and a, a lot of blood that was spilt over us, joining us together. When do Halloween rituals actually begin, and what is the ultimate purpose of Halloween? Well, the ritual that I remember the most clearly um, began about the end of September. Um, me and the little girl, the one I had mentioned named Becky, the, the abuse was very concentrated at that time. Uh, we were taken into several rooms where our clothing was removed. We spent the next couple of weeks in a kind of a shack where a lot of rituals went on, where a lot of animals were were killed. Um, they summoned Lucifer and his spirit to come and uh, possess me and so that I would be blessed to take over the position of the high priest at a certain point in time. Um, now, Halloween night, um, they had again put me and the little girl in the, in the back of this van and we again drove off, which seemed like for a long time we were drugged once again and we finally came to this stop. They took the little girl out and they left me in the van. Um, I could hear a lot of commotion that was going on outside. Uh, people that were, were screaming and, and yelling and, and um, this low murmuring and moaning noise that was going on, like some kind of a low chanting noise that was going on. So I knew in my mind, there was some type of a ritual going on because I'd heard that many times before. You know, it was real common to see people fall on the ground and, and convulse and, and go into convulsions during rituals and stuff with the demonic presence that were around. And uh, finally, a woman came to the back of the van and she said, it's time to go. And she brought me out of the van and I could see that there was just a lot of people around. Uh, some were dressed in uh, dark brownish kind of robes with hoods over them. They took me up and they led me up to this stone altar. And uh, I remember I saw the little girl and she was on the altar. Now at first, you know, I, I just wondered what was going on because you never knew. I mean, they used the altar for a lot of different things. They could have just been sacrificing an animal over, could have been a sexual abuse from the high priest on to her, you know, it was a hard thing to, to know for sure. 
Well, they finally, they ushered me up to the altar, and I could see that they had bound her feet. They had, they had her feet spread apart, her legs, and they had bound them to the ends of the altar, and they had taken her arms, which were laying out this way, and roped them to the altar, which had little kind of like hooks, which they could bind the ropes around. And she was really white. Just, I, I remember seeing her, and she was just real pale and real white. And I noticed that they had slit the bottoms of her feet and her wrists. And they were taking the blood that was running out of those areas and putting them into chalices and passing those cups around to different people who were partaking of her blood. Then the, the high priest, he took the athami or the ritual knife and he picked it up and he put my hand on it and then he forced it into her chest. So when I think back on Halloween, you know, over that period of time that happened, you know, that was the climax event, Halloween night, where they, they killed that innocent little girl. And this is something that's happening every Halloween. That's not just an isolated event. I mean, there are children all over the world who are losing their lives during Halloween night, and yet we, as a society, we go out and celebrate it, and we go door to door, and we ask for candy, and it's a, it's a big celebration to us. And I think it's quite ironic how one group of people are thinking it's fun, and another group of people are taking human life and yet they don't you know there seems to be this wall and nobody wants to face the facts of what's really going on today reports from all over the world show a growing concern over the mushrooming attraction towards the occult heinous crimes connected with the occult according to police are reaching epidemic proportions halloween is the time when community service organizations warn that children and animals are most likely to be abducted. Okay. So some serious things going on during this satanic Halloween season. Now, do the scriptures speak about that? The scriptures speak about child sacrifice? Oh, it speaks about how the most high hates it. Because there was one thing that um, in the previous clip, when a woman was um, mentioning the bonfires, and you know, mm-hmm. okay, during this um, time of the year, that bonfires are very are very prevalent, and they do mock human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. November, and they take uh, effigies of Guy Fawkes and they burn them in the fire. But I want to read this about fire rights, and then we're going to go into the scriptures where it speaks about human sacrifice, because human sacrifice is ancient and old, where people offered sacrifices, human sacrifices for powers to the ancient demonic gods of the old world. These are fire rites. Being that Halloween is a Celtic New Year's festival, many of its surviving rituals trace to the Celtic feast. The fire rite was practiced in many areas around the world on the night before the new year. The old fire was allowed to go out and a new one was kindled. 
usually a sacred fire from which the fires of the village was relit. The fires were thought to rejuvenate the waning sun and aid in banishing evil spirits. So this Halloween season is all connected into that solar sun worship. That's where you go into Christmas. It's all connected to sun worship. It ain't got nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So this time of the year, what happens, Abadja? Oh, basically you got the season. It's, uh, seasons are changing. And, um, you know, the days are getting shorter. Right, it's getting so, darker. It's getting darker. So darkness is prevailed. So they would light these fires in honor of the sun. So it says, the old fire was allowed to go out. A new was kindled, usually a sacred fire from the fires of the village was lit. The fires were brought to rejuvenate a waiting sun and banishing evil spirits. The Druids built hilltop fires to, to celebrate important festivals. Ghosts and witches feared fire, it was thought. And so fire became the best weapon against evil spirits. Witchcraft was punished by burning at the stake, fire being used as a means of purification. The light that fires gave off was a sign of sacredness. So they try to spin it and like, okay, it's the sacred fire. But they did it for human sacrifice. Now, let's see what it says in the scriptures. Let's go to Second Kings 21 and 6 about child sacrifice and about these fires. We're going to attack them all at the same time. Second yeah, that's the one fire that they were enlightened by, too, I bet. <laughs> Here we go. Second Kings twenty one six. <clears throat> and he said unto her, Because I spake unto the boss of Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. He answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Is that Second Kings twenty one six? Oh, you know what? I mean first Kings twenty one six. Okay. Shame on me. Let's try this again. All right. First, Second Kings chapter 21, verse 6. And he made his son pass through the fire and observe times and use enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he made his son to pass through the fire. So when it said he made his son to pass through the fire, was he just jumping through the fire? It was a game? Oh heck no! It was a game. It was just oh, jump through the fire, go through go through the hoops. It wasn't no service. It, it was a fire jumping game. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. Let's go. Let's go to Ezekiel sixteen and twenty to show you that this was not a game. When they say it passed through the fire, they wasn't just um, okay. I'm gonna jump through the fire. or It's a cleansing ritual. Nah, they were putting mm -hmm. them to death. Ezekiel 16, verse 20 and 21. Here we go. Ezekiel 16 and 20. <clears throat> Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters whom thou hast borne unto me, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is, is this of thy whoredoms a small matter? Mm. Read on. And thou hast slain my children and delivered them to 
caused them to pass through the fire for them? So when it says they made it a pass through the fire, they mm-hmm. were putting them to death. They were sacrificing to these ancient, pagan, satanic gods, these heathenistic gods of the other nations. And, you know, Second Kings, it, it explains, it says what? And he made his son pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments. When it's talking about observed times, it, it doesn't mean they were keeping the feast of the Lord. So you got a lot of so-called crazy, ignorant Christians when they see that in the New Testament, observed times. I mean, you, you, you don't observe the Passover. Dummy, Christ was our Passover. People simple as hell don't understand what the Bible is saying. These scriptures are here to protect you and to give you life. Our people got to wake up. People got to wake up from the deep, dark sleep that they're in and observe times and use enchantments. That's what they're doing on Halloween. That's what's happening to you when you bring these symbols in your house, witches, ghouls, goblins, the, the pumpkin, the jack-o'-lantern. People don't know what that jack-o'-lantern is about. Oh, it's fun. Just, oh, I got the pumpkin and this, you know, I'll put the light. Oh, it's pretty in the lights. So easily tricked and fooled. That's what Satan does. It's not a treat. It's a trick. It's a trick on the children. And dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. This is what is about. Oh, Harry Potter. How many children are going to get costumes and dress up as Harry Potter? Millions. How many children are going to dress up as Harry Potter? To dress up as a little witch? Oh, so, well, I don't dress my child up as a witch. I'll dress him up as a princess. I'll dress him up as a Power Ranger. I'll dress him up as Superman, Batman, Spider Man, <laughs> your favorite cartoon character. But it's all in the spirit of this satanic. Satanic holiday that has nothing to do with Christ. It's not about all saints. If it's all saints, why are you dressed up as Saint George? <laughs> why are you why are you not why are you not dressing up as uh, Saint Nicholas? No, it's not about that. It's not in the spirit of that. Why aren't you in church rather than going to get some candy? Hmm? Well, they are, and they call it Jesus. Yeah, they, they try to spin that. It's it's a spin on a spin. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing was pagan in the beginning. The church, the Catholic church, tried to spin it, so we call it All Saints Day. So instead of the spirits of the evil dead, we're going we're gonna to pray to the spirits of, of, of the saints. So somebody tried to do that. Who tried to do that and was cut? Who tried to do that, Abaja? Well, they tried to take the the whole the, the uh, Jesus wing thing or whatever. No, not the Jesus wing. Who who tried to pray to a righteous spirit? Because they try to change it and say, okay, the the symbology now we're going to take the the symbol of this ancient pagan day and change it from this ancient pagan day, and we're going to call it All Saints Day. So instead of praying to the 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 spirits of your ancestors or these evil spirits, we're gonna to pray to the saints. So who did that and was cursed cursed out for doing it? Oh gosh. 
You got me on that one. I know. Saul. Uh, okay, that's what I was Saul. thinking. Let's go to First Samuel. Uh, all right. Go to First Samuel 28 and 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He got cursed out already. Mm-hmm. First Samuel's twenty-eight and seven. All right. First Samuel twenty-eight and seven. Then said Saul unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that mm. I may go to her and inquire of her. Read on. And his servant said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. So when it says a familiar spirit, it's meaning she's communicating with a demon. Mm-hmm. Ain't talking about Casper, the friendly ghost. She's communicating with a spirit that's telling her things, that's telling her things of the future, past, whatever. Go ahead. Verse 8, and Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment, and he went, and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. Right. She's saying, look, I want you, that's what people, they go to, the the witches or the sorcerers say, I want you to I want you to call up my mama. I want you to call up my daddy. I want you to call up my child. I miss him. Read on. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul has done, how he has cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? Why is it why is she saying that? Because she knew what the Lord's judgment was out of the commandments about people that did those things and didn't repent from them. Right, and Saul had executed that judgment where he was putting witches and wizards to death. Because the Mm -hmm. scripture says in Exodus 22, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So Saul, at the beginning of this thing, he was a a righteous man. That's why the Lord chose him to be king. Read on. Verse 10, and Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. So, see how wicked Saul was. He swore by the Lord that what? If she go and divine and do the thing that the Lord's hate, which is abominable, and use her witchcraft to summon spirit, I'm not going to punish you. Now, That's see, wickedness on wickedness. Read on. That, but before I go on with that, this ahead. is a, a, a prime example. This is a very good example of what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. Absolutely, brother. I'm glad you said that. This is what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. The Lord already decreed that you're not supposed to be Mm. doing certain things. Okay, but here it is. He's going to swear an oath in the name of the Lord to say that no punishment shall happen to be for this thing. Yeah, he might not punish us for doing that, but the judgment is still going to come from the Most High. That's right. You know, I'm going to read on. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up to thee? Up unto thee. And he said, Bring me up, Sammy. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. Mm. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid. For what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up. 
and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make great war for, excuse me, make great war against me, and God has departed from me and answered me no more, neither by prophet nor dream. Therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. I hate from the cursing out. Mm-hmm. So people do that to get advice. On what's going, and that's what people are doing during this Halloween season because they say that okay, the the line between the living and the dead, it, the veil is thinner. So this is the best time for you to communicate with the dead. So they're looking for answers, they're looking for power, they're looking for you know peering into the future. So this is what this is what Saul, Saul did. He's like, I'm not mm-hmm. getting any answers. From the from the Most High, and a lot of people they go that way because they're like, look, well, God ain't giving me no answers in my life. The Bible's full of answers for your life. What it is that people don't like the answers that the Heavenly Father is given, given to them when they have to give up their lust, when they have to give up their adultery, when they have to give up their crack pipe, when they have to give up what they're doing is sinful, and people are having pleasure in their sinful lives, but it's all bringing them to destruction. Read on. Verse 16. Then said Samuel, Wherefore dost thou ask, me, ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee and has become thine enemy? Mm, he said, What are you asking me for if the Lord is your enemy? Go ahead. And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even David. Mm. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executed his fierce wrath of the Amalek. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. So it says what? What was the reason why the Lord wasn't answering him? Is because what? Saul did not obey what the Lord was telling him. He did not obey the things that the Lord was telling him. He just went from one sin to another sin to another sin, and he thought, what he was doing was right. And that's what many people are going to do on Halloween. Well, this is right for me and my kids. Mm-hmm. Bringing these satanic symbols. That's what's right for you and your kids? That's what's right with, for you and your children? Uh, symbols of witches, goblins, demons. Those things attract evil spirits. So, look. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to continue to make war on these unholy and unrighteous days. We're going to make war on Halloween, and we're going to do our best to rescue and save those that are entrapped, ensnared, and bound by these satanic lies. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BLCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? 
Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out the Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the VOCC. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the VOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the VOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the VOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom.
show is about the satanic symbols of Halloween from the witches, the black cats, the jack-o'-lanterns to the skulls, skeletons, fire rites. And one of, one of the things that um, we didn't mention was the apple bobbin. You remember the apple bobbin? Yeah. Bobbin for apples? Mm-hmm. Did you do that? I did that yeah. growing up. You yeah, think about it, that's kind of nasty. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about all the people <laughs> slobbing in the water trying to pop and burn apples. Well, I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read this article about apple bobbing and where is that coming from? It says popular at Halloween parties is apple bobbing. It was a means of divination among the Druids and survives in cultures influenced by the Celts. Because the apple is also a common love charm, the practice of ducking for apples seems to have been associated with the selection of a lover. Apple bobbin was originally a fertility rite derived from the Christmas observance, which was uh, with various fertility rites. So you got someone bobbing. Oh, man. The visualization. You bobbing for the apple, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, is, that is horrible. But that divination, are we supposed to be dealing with uh, divination or divining? Let's, let's get that in uh, Deuteronomy 18, brother. Mm-mm-mm. You know what? We, we forgot to read the Lord's judgment on Saul or his further judgment on Saul for dealing uh, with that woman that had a familiar spirit. Mm. Well, uh, let's 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 um, let's read Deuteronomy eighteen. Okay, and then because Deuteronomy eighteen is just going through a list of things, and then we can get judgment on so right. All right, here we go. Deuteronomy eighteen, and I'll start at verse nine. Go ahead. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do at the abominations of those nations. Mm-hmm. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Read verse 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. 
So that goes right into what Christ was saying. Be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. But in the day, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm only human. I can't be perfect. So there's people that say they're humanists, which humanists are really Satanists. <laughs> the Lord said, be, be ye perfect. What? Don't, don't have any regard or any fellowship with a charmer or a consultant with familiar spirits. You associate yourself with those things, those things are going to jump off on you. Mm-hmm. You communicating with the dead or you bringing those things. I remember, I remember going to my sister's house and I was staying a night at my sister's house in New York. And um, what I usually do when I come to the house, I would put my shoes behind the door. And so I put my shoes behind the door, but I didn't recognize what was behind the door. Hmm. When I woke up in the morning, brother, I looked, and there was a coconut, a black coconut, and a glass of water next to it. And I said, oh, hell no. And I was like, I said to myself, yo, so what's that right there? She said, oh, that's an experiment. I said, that ain't no damn experiment. That's some witchcraft. I was like, you better get that out of your house. Before something come in your house, you not <laughs> you not gonna you not gonna want in here. Mm-hmm. So she got it out because you know she's my sister. She's supposed to be a Christian, so you can't be dabbling in the occult. And this is what Halloween does: it allows people to dabble or experiment with the occult, which is just a nice word for Satanism, devil worship. And like, oh, it's all good fun and just a little bit scared. And people go out scared and dress in Friday the 13th, Jason Mask, and like they murderers. Who would want to dress up or emulate a murderer? Or it's all good fun. The Lord said we're not supposed to have any associating with any of those things. These things are abominable and hateful to God. Now read the next verse, verse 14. For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearken unto observers of times. And unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. So the Lord has not suffered, he has not allowed us to do these things. So are we allowed to celebrate Halloween and all the satanic symbology that comes with it? Are we allowed to do that as followers of Christ? No. Not. The Lord has not allowed us to do that. But what has the Lord allowed us to do? Read verse 15. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. So are we supposed to hearken to familiar spirits, demons, devils, witches, sorcerers, witchers? Or is that what we're supposed to be engaging in? Nope. So that prophet in Deuteronomy 28, that prophet in Deuteronomy 18 who is that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Let let's get it. Let's go to go to Saint John one forty five, because people are not listening to Christ. People are not listening to Christ. They listen to what popular opinion. This is what the majority does every day. But the Lord said you're not supposed to follow a multitude to do evil. Just because the majority is doing it doesn't mean it's correct, just or right. Mm-mm-mm. Here we go. St. John 145. Mm-hmm. Philip finds Nathaniel and saith unto him, 
We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So one thing, let's go let's go to uh Matthews four and seventeen and let's see what thing or things did Christ tell us to do? He tell right. us to do whatever we want to do now? Because that's what many Christians believe. Oh, I'm in Christ. I can do anything, and the blood of Jesus is going to cover me from all my sins. I can go and be. I remember this was uh, my sister-in-law, and she was going to seminary school. And this is what she told me about you, showing you the mentality, the mentality of a lot of Christian leaders, their pastors. And she she was in seminary school to be to be a, a, a minister. And she said, look, what I'm learning in seminary school, I can go to the club on Saturday night, have a one-night stand, go to church on Sunday, and Jesus will forgive me. <laughs> so this is a lot. It's no wonder why people go to church. And the church is, is, is sponsoring Halloween parties or trying to spin on it to keep their congregation, to keep the money in the church, now they have a perversion called that Jesus wing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna dress up as uh, ghouls and goblins. We're gonna dress up as biblical characters. Why don't you do that on some other time of the year where it's not associated with demonology and Satanism? Mm-hmm. Trying to appease the people, just like the Catholic Church. We're not to appease people. We to tell them the truth. That's why when you look at the prophets, were they ever popular? Hell no. Were the prophets of God popular? They were put them to death, slain and burn. Will you come? You go. You come to bring some bad news. Why? Because people were well, sinful and wicked, and the Lord will send forth His messengers to turn people back to the Lord. So what I got you holding? No, I mean, because when you look at it, everybody, you know, the the elders of the time when the when the Lord was preaching the gospel, mm. here it was they want to put Moses on the pedestal. Yeah, we we follow Moses, we follow Moses. No, the hell you don't. I mean, and the Lord told them it's such y'all vipers and hypocrites and all this other stuff. You sitting here claiming Moses and to be the children of Abraham? Why aren't you doing his works? Exactly. You know, it's like we want to we want to pull the Christian card, so called, when it's when it's convenient. But yet, we don't, when we call ourselves followers of Christ, we don't want to walk in his footsteps and keep his commandments. Right. The way so it is Matthew, written in the, in the scriptures. Matthews 4 and 17, read that. Because it says what? We're supposed to hear Christ. We're not supposed to be dealing with familiar spirits or wizards that peep and mutter. Who we, Who are we supposed to hear? Read Matthews 4 and 17. We're supposed to hear Christ, and what did Christ say? From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Christ, what was he teaching? Repentance. What do people mm-hmm. need to repent of? People need to repent of this Halloween, having their children celebrate Halloween, dressing up as ghouls and goblins and witches and, 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 and murderers. They need to celebrate. In the Bible, you read Leviticus 23, there's all kinds of celebrations that was ordained by the Heavenly Father for us to celebrate and worship Him. Because 
during this Halloween celebration, celebration, knowingly or unknowingly, this is a celebration of death of the dead. That's what it is. We read the scripture where it said, look, as concerning the dead, look, God is not a God of the living. He's a God of a, he's not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So people have been misinformed. They've been lied to. They've been tricked. And for most part, people love it. They love to have it so. They love to have it so. So every year you're going to go around and either you're going to see pictures of it or you're going to actually see it on people's porches on their on their on their doorsteps and what is that Abaja? You're going to see some type of jack-o'-lantern or something. Jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. Now, we're going to play this clip why you should not have a jack-o'-lantern and what the origin of it and what that represents. Don't be putting no jack-o'-lantern on your porch this year. Well, frankly, you shouldn't be celebrating Halloween this year. So that would include jack-o'-lantern. But let's listen to this. What do you know? What do I know? I know that jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland and were made from hollowed-out turnips. The term jack-o'-lantern comes from the folklore story of Stingy Jack, who supposedly trapped the devil with a cross and would only release him if the devil agreed never to take his soul. The devil agreed, and since Jack didn't have to worry about hell, he led a pretty terrible life. But when he died, heaven wouldn't take him either, so his soul was forced to wander the earth. The devil gave him a coal from hell that could never be extinguished, which Jack put into a hollowed-out turnip and used as a lantern to light his way. From then on, he was known as Jack of the Lantern. And today it's been shortened to Jack-O-Lantern. Happy Halloween. So people are knowing these histories, but they continue to celebrate them anyway. So the the Jack-O-Lantern, originally it was a turnip. But when people, when the Irish came from Europe and Ireland, to the Americas, they changed it from the turnip to the pumpkin. But that jack-o'-lantern really is a symbol of a damned soul. He was so wicked, he didn't get, he Satan didn't allow him into hell. He couldn't get to heaven, so he's a damned spirit to roam the earth. So that's what the symbol of the jack-o'-lantern is. It's a, it's a symbol of a damned spirit, an evil Spirit, here's a man that led a wicked life. And at the end of his life, because he tricked Satan, that's where that's part of where they get that trick or treat from. <clears throat> he wasn't allowed in hell. He was cursed to roam the earth with this fiery coal from hell in this turnip. So I'm gonna read some uh this article explain a little bit more about the jack-o'-lantern. It says in America, it's a pumpkin. But in Europe, it was often a turnip, large beet, potato, rutabaga, or even a skull with a candle in it. The fearsome face of the jack-o'-lantern was representative of the god of the dead, Samhain, 
who would drive off less powerful evil spirits abroad that night. As glimmering lights flickered over an English marsh or an Irish bog, people imagined dead souls had returned to earth. They would place the jack-o'-lantern on posts and in windows to ward off the spirits of the dead on Halloween. The word jack-o'-lantern is an abbreviation of Jack of the Lantern. Jack is another name for Joker or Satan. In this Irish tale, a man named Jack was fond of playing tricks on the devil, annoyed the devil tossed Jack a burning coal from hell. With the coal in his lantern, Jack was condemned to walk the earth forever, searching for rest. The jack-o'-lantern is a Halloween idol that keeps alive an ancient symbol of demonic superstition. So, is this something, brothers, sisters, is this something that you want to bring into your house? Is this something that you want to initiate as a tradition to your children for them to pass down through the ages? And people don't understand why their lives or in jeopardy or trouble or different calamities are happening in their life because you're breaking the commandments of the Most High and you're just inviting Satan into your life. Let's go. Let's go to the Book of Ephesians, bro. Let's go to Ephesians right. fifth and the tenth verse. It is our. It is our. It is truly our mission. To wake people up to the truth. People say, oh, you, you're harsh. We're warriors in Christ. Because people are steadfast. This is a billion-dollar business every year. Halloween. The candies. The costumes. And we won't even get into the hardcore Satanists. What money they're making off of that. But just the commercialized, commercialized side of it, the, the the movie fest, the movie rentals, like uh, Pammy Webb said, the crazy uh, marathon movies or horror movies. People get, oh, I want to be scared of the horror movies on Halloween. You should be sending up your prayers. The most I protect you and your children from these crazy people that's going to be going out doing child sacrifice and trying to snatch children. You should be worried about that. Read that in Ephesians 5, bro. Ephesians 5 and 11. And have no fellowship. Psalm 10. Yep. All right. 5 and 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Is Halloween acceptable to the Lord? No. Witches, warlocks, people dealing with familiar spirits, seance, and all these different symbols that come with it. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Read on. Halloween is not acceptable to the Lord because we're supposed to hear and follow the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as it is written in the Holy Bible. Read on. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we're not supposed to get together or have an agreement with these days, but many Christians are. They're in full agreement with Halloween. How do we know that? By your actions and your deeds. You're going to have your children go out and celebrate Halloween, or they're going to be in school celebrating Halloween. 
We have trouble. Teachers be looking at me and my wife and other brothers in the body of Christ Church looking at us like we crazy. Why are you let your child celebrate? Because it's satanic. It's Satan worship. Oh, it's just a good fun and candy. There's nothing wrong here. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. You don't know the history of it. You don't know the history of it. This thing is so rooted and grounded in schools now. It's part of the curriculum. It's they teach, they do arts and crafts, and oh, we're gonna make a, we're gonna make the jack o' lantern and take it out, and you got the kids and digging. Oh, this is gooey and this is fun. No, it's not. That's the representation of demonology, a damn spirit to walk the earth. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That's why they have it at this time because it's getting darker. It's the works of darkness. So we're not supposed to align ourselves or ally ourselves with these things. What are we supposed to do? Reprove them. Like we're doing today. Halloween is not correct. It's abominable in the face of the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And if you celebrate these things, you're making yourself abominable to the Heavenly Father. You're making yourself abominable to Jesus Christ. And when you set up your prayers, the Lord is not going to hear you. He's going to turn his back on you because you have turned your back on him. So what do you have to do today? Turn your face unto the Lord by turning your back on these satanic holidays. Read verse 12. All right, verse 12. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Yeah, child sacrifice. You heard the clip when the man was talking about child sacrifice on Halloween, how it was a lot of sexual abuse done to the children. Mm-hmm. That's what they be doing. Right here in England, they're going to be having different orgies and things at Stonehenge. Men, women, and children. Get involved in these things. Read verse 13. 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever that make manifest is light. But all things are reproved are made manifest by the light. The light is Christ. So Christ spoke the truth. So we're speaking the truth according to the word of the Heavenly Father and reproving these things by the light, by the scriptures. Read on. So we're in the light. Read on. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake thou that sleepest. Because people are in a spiritual sleep. They're in a spiritual death. They're spiritually dead in their sins. And the only way they can be risen up or awaken, or given that life is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you be you can be quickened is by repenting of these evil satanic celebrations. Because that's what they are. They're not rooted and grounded in Christ. They're rooted and grounded in Satan. Read on. Verse fifteen. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yeah, these days are evil. So we have to walk circumspectly. 
we have to understand what's going on in the world today. What what are these days about? Because many people, they become a fool when it comes, oh, man, I don't care about that, man. I'm going to go out to a party, man. I'm going to get my freak on, you know, a little freaky thing. She was dressed up. She was dressed in a cat suit, man. Yeah, I want to see some girls like that, all kind of dressed up in kind of freaky costumes. That's the kind of foolishness that gets on people. Yeah, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to get me a free drink. I'm going to get me some candy. Children go on. You buy your children. You can buy your children candy. No, let them go out to around the neighborhood and they can get free candy. <laughs> they can get free candy. They get free candy with a razor blade in it. You don't know who the hell is giving them candy. Oh, I know mm-hmm. many, many, many neighborhoods, and I know by you know being an ex-military policeman and having that in, in investigator training. You look at in many areas, and you do a search on areas, how many pedophiles is it living around you? You don't even know. Mm-hmm. Things are posted. When people ain't looking at you, well, but you're going to let your child go out and get just get candy. And go, go on out, get out the house so I can get a minute of peace of rest. Foolishness. Foolishness. These days are evil. These are not good days, and these are not good people. We have to turn to the Lord so the Lord will protect us from the evil that's going on in this world. Now go to Proverbs 4 and 14. Mm-hmm. I know some people coming into the show, you listen to the show, some people are going out of the show. You know why? You know why they're leaving? Because they're doing the exact same things that, we talk, that we're speaking against, that the word is speaking against. But I know it's a lot of you that's out there and you're listening and the Lord wants you to take heed because these things are a warning. The Lord sent his prophets to warn the people whether they would hear or whether they would forbear. We're not trying to win a popularity contest. We're trying to get a message out, a warning, because all Satan wants to do is to devour and destroy you and your family. That's his only mission. Read that, brother. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. So, is Halloween a path of the wicked? I think so. You think so? (laughs) Don't you think that the, the, the... you know, all the clips and things and scriptures, the, the proof is overwhelming that this is a wicked day? Yes, it is. Think so? Or is it black and white and many witnesses? No, it's black and white and an exponential amount of witnesses. So we're not supposed to enter into the path of the wicked, nor are we supposed to go in the way of evil men. Because this is a way of evil men. If you're a witch or sorcerer, then you have to repent of that. The Lord will forgive you. The Lord will forgive you. And some of you may have done sacrifice. The Lord will forgive you, but you have to stop that. Verse 15. 15. Avoid it. Pass not by it. We're supposed to do what? It says, avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Turn, avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. 
and pass away. So that's what we, that's what's supposed to happen for those of us that's following the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're supposed to avoid Halloween. We're supposed to avoid the the, the party. We're supposed to uh, avoid the the party at school. We're supposed to avoid the party at work. Oh, we're gonna go out. We're gonna have a few drinks for Halloween. We're gonna have the the Halloween movie marathon. Avoid it. Turn from it. Pass away. That's what the scriptures say. Go to Second Chronicles six and fourteen. Second Chronicles six and fourteen. And said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven, in the heaven, nor in the earth, which keepeth covenant and showeth mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Second Corinthians 16 and 14. Where are you? Oh, you know what? I was in Second uh, Second Chronicles. That's the other part of what you said the first time. All right. Second Corinthians 6 and 14. These pages sticking together. 614. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Mm. So, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So is a witch a believer in Jesus Christ? No, we are not. A wizard, a believer, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or they're unbelievers? According to their work, they're unbelievers. So all this different mythology of Halloween, does that have anything to do with Jesus Christ? Nothing at all. Right. So how are you going to believe in Christ? You got Christ on the right that's speaking against wizards, witches, against all those things are sinful, and telling us to repent of those things and to serve the living God, not the God of the dead. Because in Halloween, that's what Halloween is a celebration of. It's the celebration of the God of the dead. This is the time when the dead is supposed to come and commune with the living. God is against familiar spirits and those that seek out familiar spirits. So if you call yourself a Christian, are you supposed to be yoked together with that? No, you're not. It's unequal. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? Because Halloween is unrighteous. It's unrighteous from from the skull and the skeletons. What the skull and the skeletons represent? All of those things are basically going right back into death and the channeling of energy and all this other stuff from dead bones and spirits and all this other madness. Let's listen to this. It says skulls, and this is this is this is an article from a site called exposingsatanism.org on Halloween. It says skulls and skeletons. The skeleton is a form of the god of the dead. And witches and the witches horn God. The dictionary of Satanism by Wade Baskin says this about skulls and skeletons. Under skull worship, skulls play an important role as a sacred relic and as objects of worship among primitives. 
Among Polynesians and Malaysians, skulls of ancestors are worshipped in order to establish connections with the spirits of the dead. Like the head of Osiris in Egypt, the skulls of ancestors may also serve as tutelar deities. The head or its parts, each of which may stand for the whole, can be used as magical food or as a means of increasing the fertility of the soul. Under skull, the dictionary of lore and legend says, symbol of death, often with crossbones beneath. So, people engage in these things, or have these things, how many people are going to have the plastic little skeleton hanging up from their porch for Halloween? Mm-hmm. There's little music playing behind it. <laughs> you think it's funny. Yeah. Exactly. That's what you're exactly right. People think they're funny. That's what they're doing. Oh, live! I got a good scare. Oh, but it, it's not. It's, it's dealing with Satanism. So read on, verse fifteen. <laughs> what communion have light with darkness? None. Read. And what concord have Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So that contradicts what the Catholic Church has done, because they've made agreement between paganism and the church. And they say, oh, we're going to clean up. We're going to clean up this pagan holiday, and we're going to make it our own. Because Old Hallows Eve, it wasn't originally, it wasn't originally on November the 1st. It was originally in May, and they changed. We're going, we're going, we're going to get these pagans. We're going to get their money. We're going to get them in the church. So they allowed them to keep the rites and rituals of their day, and they put a name on it. Oh, Hallow's Eve, what became Halloween. They put the name on it. The church put the name on it, but the pagans kept their traditions and their ways. 